nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 573, March 5th, 2021. It was 72 degrees on this day in 2000 and 14 below on this day in 1960. Maybe we're maybe we were still skating outside uh, this late in March in 1960. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Fellas, I have an admission to make. I don't think I'm up for this anymore. What do you mean? No, no, I signed a new agreement. I'm going to continue to do the podcast. What I mean is this. What I mean is this. I've lost sight how to make any sense out of what is happening, not only nationally, but locally. I'm, I'm being quite serious. I've lost... To the point where I have to do some self-examination. Is it me? For example, look at the cover of the uh, Minnesota section of today's Star Tribune. I have it right here. All right. The, the Minnesota section, what we used to call the B section, the yeah. Metro. Yeah. All right. Okay. What's the cheat? What's the principal headline? The city play police, headline. City police charter change progresses. City police charter progresses. change progresses. Oh, oh my All right, God. now what's what's Fail. the headline below that with the big picture? Bill for pretrial <clears throat> fencing at one million dollars so far. I know. What you, I think I know what you're going to say. I think I know what you're going to say, Rook, Joe. You're already in his head. I'm already in his head. Okay, say it for me. Um, why does it cost a million dollars for us to put up fence? Don't we have fences already in Minneapolis? And don't we have a boards and stuff in a big warehouse? Not even, it? not even remotely. What I was going to say. We're becoming farther apart, sir. Yeah, I think it's the irony that they can't see right at the end of their own nose that we have to spend one million dollars on fencing while we continue to try to disband the police. Department. And I, and I, I'm, I'm so grappling with that that I, I oh, am Kenny, at a, hit it. I am, I am at a roadblock, uh, Kenny uh, and staff. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know where to go with this. The, the 13 city council members are quite literally so tone deaf to what's happening in the city that they're proceeding apace with their goal of getting rid of the police department to be called something else because they're going to pretend that means there won't be any police. While at the same time, the city keeps strengthening its fortress-like characteristics for a trial that God knows will bring how many of the aggrieved to Minneapolis. And I, I keep going back to this. The intersection of 38th and Chicago is, is a microcosm 
of the behavior of the city council. They have such fealty to the inhabitants of 38th and Chicago that they do not have the political will to open the intersection. They have allowed it to be controlled by unelected people who quite literally run that square block. You can't go in there without their permission. You, you, even if you're a cop, they don't let you in there. They run it, and the city council has failed to do anything about it. Now, now let's take it to macro. Let's say the trial brings in, oh, I don't know, 5,000 professional thugs from Portland and Philadelphia and Seattle. What if they want to create an autonomous zone of six, seven, eight square blocks of downtown Minneapolis? They'll be they allowed t- to do so. What if they turn Nicollet Mall into an autonomous zone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will. You've, you already them. have evidence that the city council, A, doesn't know what to do about that, or B, wouldn't do anything about it. You're, sure. You're setting a precedent where, uh, come on down. At the same time, at the same th- I'm sure the Star Tribune doesn't even know the irony of its own layout of this page. And the Star Tribune, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, it's been a tremendous disappointment to me in uh, championing their city. They, uh, they don't champion their city. Today's lead editorial, lead editorial on a day when you have city police charter change is progressing. And then below that, we've spent a million so far on new fencing for the trouble we anticipate. The lead editorial today in the Star Tribune is Hennepin County steps up for the climate with more of this absolute nonsense about, you know, more bike lanes on county roads and this and that and the other, more electric vehicles because Minneapolis is going to lead the way in saving the earth. Star Tribune, Minneapolis can't even lead the way to save its own city. Right. It can't save its own city. Now, somebody please answer me this question. If you can't open 38th in Chicago, what evidence do we have that downtown will be kept safe from takeover? Well, I think they already know it's not safe from takeover, hence the $1 million fence. Well, all the $1 million fence does is provide egress to the Hennepin County Courthouse so -hmm. you can have this trial. It, it mm-hmm. does. It does nothing to prevent. It does nothing to prevent these highwaymen from establishing their own uh, fiefdom on Sixth uh, and Hennepin. Right. And that's what I, that thirty eighth in Chicago thing is, Joe. It's an autonomous jo- uh, zone. Right. That, that's exactly. what it is. Exactly. It's just not being called that. But it's the same thing that happened in Seattle. You citizens wow. of Minneapolis, I, <clears throat> I don't. Part of my being lost is I, I know longer how to tell the citizens of Minneapolis. I don't know. I don't know how to tell them to push back. Uh, the the only pushback would be a completely different cast of council members and a completely different mayor, and we're not seeing that on the horizon. No, and it won't happen. It, it won't happen. Well, then I do continue to believe. I'll soften my language. Yesterday I was saying, I think the uh, trial will be the end of Minneapolis. I'm going to change that to, I think the trial and its attendant protests could very well be the end of Minneapolis. What's next? What, 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 with, the, with the end of Minneapolis, what does, 
We'll still Richfield. have a city. I'll answer your question. Richfield, Bloomington, Golden Valley, St. Louis Park, Roseville. That's what's next. St. Paul, West St. Paul, South St. Paul. That's what, what's we're, next. It's spreading like cancer. It doesn't matter if you in South St. Paul push back if they've completely taken over the seven-county area. This is moving outward. It's not stopping with Minneapolis. Moving to Richfield won't help matters. And you know what the thought that I always have, Kenny, when I drive to and from this building? They're building that new uh, line that's going down to Eden Prairie. Well, that's going to result in nothing but trouble coming that way as well. Yep. Well, what I mean by the end of Minneapolis, or what right now Minneapolis is hanging on by a thread. Would that is that a reasonable statement? No, no, it's not. They're not hanging on any anywhere close to a thread. You really th- think it's hanging, worse than that? Yeah, yeah, all right. yeah. Hanging by a thread would give me hope. There's no hope. All right. Well, then what the utter ruination of the city would mean is that it would no longer be a center of commerce. It would no longer be a center of culture. It would no longer be a center of dining and music. It would no longer be uh, the grand, illuminated, uh, beautiful skyline that it, that it has been. It will continue to become boarded up and increasingly vacant. That's what I mean by the end of the city. Right now, yeah. there is no reason to go downtown. Zero. I'm trying to yeah. re- recall the last time I was in downtown Minneapolis. I was Sunday. I went Sunday to look at myself well, and to look for the fence. That's what I was going to say. I was there a week ago doing the same thing Joe did on Sunday. Okay, but so that's what I'm talking about. You, you, that was destined a destination for you because you wanted to see it with your own eyes, right? But prior to that, you had no uh, conduct. You weren't conducting any business. You weren't um, going to Murray's. You weren't going to. You know, it's yeah. You didn't spend any money there, right? Exactly. No, I haven't. I haven't. I can't tell you the last time I spent any money in downtown Minneapolis. And Chris and Joe, uh, you're both right. This all depends on the Twins, the Timberwolves, uh, the Vikings, and every other big uh, company down there. They all need to shake shake the uh, rafters here with these idiots in charge. Well, and not to get too deep in the weeds with sports talk here, but Glenn Taylor is selling his is trying to sell the team. And I wonder how much of this is playing into that. Well, he's been trying to sell the team before the pandemic and before George Floyd. Right. But as I said yesterday, the downturn of Minneapolis has been taking place over the last half decade. And here's the deal. Let's go that. Let's go down that road, um, uh, Joe. Uh, he's not going to sell it to anybody that's going to keep that team in downtown Minneapolis. We'll be lucky if they keep it in the state. But let's face it, sell and move. Well, he he has... We're all presuming that he would only sell it to someone who would keep it here. That is what he hopes, yes. I can't see anyone emerging under these current conditions to accept that proviso. Especially the Polads that already own a, a team? I don't know why in the hell the Polads would waste their money. Especially see, when this the, is why yesterday, Joe, uh, you know, this is more bleak talk from yesterday and this is why we need to get in touch with somebody who thinks the opposite of what we think. Show us that light at the end of the tunnel. Well, let's try this. Uh, Joe or Mayor, if you're reading this, I'm assuming you're not retired and still fighting the good fight. <laughs> we were just having fun with that yesterday. Right. 
I have no, I don't, I don't even understand the concept of retirement. And I'm surrounded by really close friends, all of whom are retired. And, and I just can't, I can't see myself that way. I'd, I'd have to take a microphone out onto a street corner and start jabbering. I'm with you. I want you to stick around a little bit. Joe, if you're reading this, I'm assuming you're not retired and still fighting the good fight. I have some deep thoughts about the question you've been asking, what is the end game, or what do they want or expect to happen? The answer is simple, but quite depressing. I begin with the following familiar quote from C.S. Lewis from God in the Dock, Essays on Theology. I I happen to love C.S. Lewis. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep, but his cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. They may be more likely to go to heaven, and yet at the same time likelier to make a hell of earth. This very kindness stings with intolerable insult. To be cured against one's will and cured of states which we may not regard as disease is to be put on a level of those who have not yet reached the age of reason or those who never will. To be classed with infants, imbeciles, and domestic animals. The end game is power. Power to control others' lives. The imperfect world needs to be made perfect, and if we would only do what they say, we can move towards perfection. It doesn't matter if our ability to choose is removed, as this is a feature, not a bug. It is because the world is imperfect, and there is suffering, and things aren't equal, and things not fair, that must be made fair. This applies at every level from the proverbial community dog catcher to the presidency. Mysterians cannot abide anything that would hurt feelings. Like young children learning about fairness, they cannot abide anything they deem unfair and must rectify it. Critical theories, of which critical race theory is a subset, demand that every situation be evaluated. If unfairness exists, it must be rectified. To fix it, the person observing it must have power to enforce their will. If you ask a Mysterian what the end game is, they will say it is to make the world better, more fair, more equitable, or as you put it, equal outcomes, more just. But to get there, they must have power. C.S. Lewis explained it best, and I repeat a a portion of his quote again. Those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. It is power. The end game is power. They'll tell you it's to make the world better, but this is impossible. I think they know this, but they like power and will do anything to get it and keep it. Good luck. Harold from Fresno, California. Hmm. Well, those are some dark thoughts, uh, but can't disagree with them. Well, I can't disagree with I I, I would never disagree with C.S. Lewis. All right. Well, this is a great Friday. No, 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 no. Despite my struggles, I I would continue to try to help. Look, that perfectly captures, I think, the 13 members of the city council tormenting us for our own good. They they appear to know better, even though they have no 
basis in life. They have no life experiences. They're just community activists who have taken advantage of a, of a fact that nobody gives a bleep, apparently, in Minneapolis about per- turning out good candidates and getting them into office. Yep. So they've capitalized on that. But to see the way they live is evidence of the belief they have the approval of their own conscience. We never, they're not part of us. They're not part of the community. No. You don't see them at a restaurant you go to. You don't see them at the movie theater. You don't see them at church. You don't see them on the golf course. You don't see them anywhere. They, they're their own rail of life, independent of the rest of us. Um, let me share a quick story, and Rick, you're going to have to help me here. This is from uh, WJON in St. Cloud. Were they an affiliate of ours? Back in the day? I think KNSI was. Okay. Um, this is from WJON in St. Cloud. Benton County commissioners want more time to research a mutual aid plan before sending sheriff's deputies to help with security during the Derek Chauvin murder trial. Commissioners voted four to none with one abs- uh, abstention to further review the mutual aid agreement and ask surrounding counties whether they are sending officers to help. Commissioners also voice some concerns about the Minneapolis City Council's efforts to defund the police department amidst the need for extra officers during the trial. The board will revisit the request again at their March 16th meeting. So here you have, uh, and by the way, St. Cloud has their own problems right now with, <laughs> yeah, with, right. with crime and everything else. So now because of the dysfunction of what's going on in the city of Minneapolis, now you're going to take officers from other jurisdictions who are probably already swamped with crime. They've got their own trouble on Division Street. Exactly. That, that's, I can the, even, that's the trickle-on pi- effect that you were talking about, Kenny. I, I can pile on top of this even more, Chris, and you won't see this in either newspaper, and you won't see it on any of the TV stations. Philippe has uh, gone above and beyond at mocking the outstate police departments and sheriff's departments and stating how he doesn't want him uh, them here because... They don't understand how to deal with basically, in my words, minorities. You're right. He's calling them stupid, is what he did. You're yes. kidding me. I missed yep. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm glad you saw it, Joe. So I did. Yeah. I read it. I, he's calling them stupid. Wow. So he actually. Uh, this, this guy can't put two. Couldn't put two sentences together. He, he has no idea what he's talking about. I was just going to say. Uh, he actually said something though that uh, that had. Not value, but uh, the police chief's role is to be able to have a vision of what it means for us to have a strong um, focus on what should police be focusing on. Groin kick him again, just to make he, me feel better. He called just groin kick him again. State officers, stupid. I gotta get mm-hmm. the old sounder here because he's getting the full Monty. Is what get, he's get getting. The, give him a groin. Oh, kick. he's gonna get the crowd, the intro, the whole uh, works. Yeah, yeah. That deserves this. <laughs> and okay. he's making an assumption that there are no people. I don't know. I, I hate using the term "people of color" because to me it sounds like I'm saying "colored." Um, so I'll just go with minorities or black people, but. We've got everybody out here. We've got black people. We have Mexican. We everybody's represented out here, just not in the numbers we see in the metro. Well, the other thing he's saying, he's this is a a version of him expressing his his ideological fealty to the protesters. 
In other mm-hmm. words, in other words, I, I'm such a champion of the protesters because I'm tormenting you with the approval of my own conscience because I know them to be victimized, and I'm here to solve that and to save it. And so he's saying to outstate police people, you you might not you you don't know what you're doing because you don't have an appreciation for the for the devotion I've expressed to the protesters. So seeking a commonality with the protesters, so they're bonded. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the boy, I'm, we're rolling now. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more evidence you find of the C.S. Lewis quote, that we are politically led by people completely detached from us, but attempting to govern us, govern us with their own beliefs in how the world should be, rather than accommodating us as citizens all in this together. Didn't know I was going to be this good today for starting so confused. You can pat yourself on the back for that one, yeah. This is and this never is ridiculous. Mind, <laughs> never mind that they can't keep the snow plowed, the, the potholes fixed, the sidewalks right. updated. They can't even provide the basics of human public safety. They That's can't right. even do that. Not only can they not do it, they are refusing to do it. They have spent a year being very vocal I'm not making this up. They have spent a year expressing publicly their contempt for their own police force to the point where they want to be rid of it on the same page as you're showing me, like I'm supposed to be proud of it, uh, a million dollars worth of fencing, the price tag going up. Well... They live, they live in a world that has nothing to do with us. Nothing. And I'm speaking to black people too, by the way, because I've told you for 100 years, quit expecting these people to do you a favor. They never have. When I say they have a life that has nothing to do with the rest of us, I mean all of us, black, brown, blue, yellow, white, male, female, whatever. We're all out here. We're working. We're paying taxes. We're trying to get a smooth road so we don't damage the suspension on our cars. And they are meeting in a salon with stained glass windows, and they are passing down to us examples of what they believe to be their own virtue. Dictates on high, Mm -hmm. from on high. Yep. Mm -hmm. Listen to this one. We, we got a lot of ads today, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, that's too bad. Well, <laughs> that's wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank you, each and Wait, every one. Don't get distracted. What were you going to say? Well, well I, need, I, I need a lot of time to do it. So first, I want Rookie to tell me a little story. Uh, you made a you made a trip. I'm going to tell you a little story. I uh, uh, Grandpa Bob needed. You bring uh, in? Did you bring in a red savoy again? It's sitting about 15 feet from me. I did. However, I cheated on my St. Paul location. Uh, my guy Benjamin over there in St. Paul on Snelling, yeah. I usually call him up on Friday, and he's a listener to the podcast. But today I was taking my uh, old man, I'll tell you later on the, uh, during the podcast, he needed to get some hearing aids. Yep. So I was panicked that I wasn't going to be able to go to get to Savoy. What did I do? Googled Red Savoy Woodbury. Boom. In Woodbury Village, there is a... Red Savoy Pizza that serves beer and wine. Oh. I ordered it. Double sausage, small double sausage. They cut it in squares. It's soda style. That's which how you cut them. There has been about four team members, not team members, four employees here that have taken a, a bite of that, and I'm really happy. It is 
exactly the same way I would want it from the one in Snelling. It's fantastic. It's it's my same way. Rec- it's the same recipe at all recipe. 14 stores. Yes, yeah. Joe. So uh, I just wanted uh, the people of St. Paul to know that I did not uh, leave Red Savoy up with the uh, uh, with nothing to do. I went did to Did you get the free garlic cheese bread? Or did you use the app or didn't you have time? That's my Lenten sacrifice. I was going to use the <laughs> app and I said, no, deny yourself some of the best Garlic cheese bread you've ever had, just because I do need to make some type of Lenten sacrifice. But I Jailers, saw- that's an online offer only. You go to the Red Savoy app or go to SavoyPizza.com. You use Joe at checkout, and then when you order your uh, pizza and go to pick it up, they're going to slip you some of that free garlic Texas toast, baby. You know how difficult it is to... I ate one small piece, and then I put it on the ground in the car and cranked the heater so it stayed hot. It was so, every every stop I had, I wanted to lean over to the floor and grab a piece. I didn't, and that was another Lenten sacrifice for me. It's Red Savoy, the original recipe from 1965. Damn, good? They're now in Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Lakeville. It's, it's like I'm doing snow clo- uh, school closings. School closings. <laughs> Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park. Downtown St. Paul, where the Wild Train, uh, White Bear Avenue in St. Paul, Snelling Avenue in St. Paul, Vadness Heights, and Rookie's newly discovered Woodbury location. It's Red Savoy. It's a Red Savoy weekend. RedSavoyPizza.com. I have been a client of the Canopy Group for five years, and at my last renewal, they are still saving me money. Patrick Ricey here to talk to you about your home and auto insurance. How long have you been with your current insurance company? When was the last time your agent called you and said they could save you money and get you better coverage? This just happened to me. Truly, it did. Each year, the Canopy Group reviews my home and auto insurance with their 16 companies. This year, they saved me an additional $791. How? Because the Canopy Group is keeping an eye on my insurance needs and making sure I am always with with the right insurance provider. Paying less and getting more is a concept I like. I can't promise that you'll save $791, but I can promise you they'll give you options. They'll even tell you if you should stay where you are with that company. Do what I did and contact them at thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Well, the old sun is blazing, and oh, we're going to the islands for this one with Dylan Hyde, aren't we? <laughs> it really sounds like it. I nice need a Corona. All in a margarita in yeah. your hand. Let's go here, Dylan. Toes Della. in the water and your butt in the sand. <laughs> oh, I'm already more relaxed. Thank you, yeah. Dylan. yeah. Yeah, the sun is out. DK Mags open for business on Old 8 New Brighton. Not only is DK Mags on the internet at uh, dkmags.com, that's where you're going to find all the info and everything you need to know, including pages and pages of what firearms are in stock and which ones can be ordered. But they also have a Facebook account and a, a Instagram account. Now, Kenny don't, Kenny don't play the Insta or the Facebook, but I am a big fan of YouTube, so I had to see for myself. Uh, and I was hooked, like you might be, on the very first video on DK Mags's YouTube account. It's called "How Accurate Were They?" Comma the 1918 Lee Enfield MK3. 
And this guy shoots a couple of different loads at a target 100 yards out, and the results are absolutely fascinating. This was the gun they carried, if, I, if I'm correct, in World War I. Uh, I think you might be surprised. It's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, if you happen to be hanging out on the web, surf on over to the DKMags.com YouTube page and enjoy the videos. They're really cool. And if you're thinking about a firearm purchase, by all means, you got to stop in. Either stop into DK Mags in uh, New Brighton or Monticello Pawn and Gun, and do yourself some shopping. Ask some questions. Have some fun. A couple of wonderful gun shops for GLers run by GLers. I'm talking DKMags.com. <laughs> There's a golf course that I'm unfamiliar with uh, at the northern border of Maplewood in St. Paul. It's called the Ponds at Battle Creek. I don't know if it's 18 holes or 9 holes, but it's only 88 acres. That might mean it's a 9-hole course. But the but Ramsey County commissioners want to uh, dismantle the golf course and provide affordable housing, and they cite the fact that the golf course hasn't made them much money anyway, and they wish to close the ponds. Well, what happened is the residents got wind of this, and they wrote letters and emails and phone calls, uh, all of which are saying, we love our golf course. you got to please delay this decision. So by a six-to-one vote, the Ramsey County Commission uh, delayed their decision on the ponds or delayed their decision to close it until September 12th. So the, the residents, uh, making themselves heard, they, they're going to have another golf season. And then, and then maybe they'll get to keep it or maybe it'll go away. The dissenting vote was a guy named Jim McDonough, who I don't know. But you know what he called the fact that these people reacted and did exactly what you're supposed oh, to do with I, government? Let me finish. They, they yeah. did exactly what they're supposed to do with government. They, they contacted their commissioners. They wrote letters. They, they did exactly what you're supposed to do. What did McDonough say that was? WP. That's it, baby. That's white privilege. You people demonstrate a white privilege by having the audacity to do exactly what you were supposed to do. Wow. This is, this is such a pathetic attempt at being woke that the guy should be laughed out of town. This is ridiculous. And w wouldn't closing a golf course and trying to put up housing, does, isn't that the opposite of trying to protect Mother Earth? Well, you don't care oh, about I hadn't even gone that, down that route. What I see is the power of white privilege and influence, especially when that voice gets organized and loud, McDonough said. Wow. I feel oh, as a commissioner oh. that not only must I uplift and provide opportunity to those voices that traditionally have not been heard, he's tormenting us for our own good, <laughs> but I must also temper and ensure the voice of privilege does not overpower and stifle those opportunities. Most of our East Siders could care less about the ponds. They are just trying to survive each and every day. Uh, he declined to elaborate on who specifically was wielding such influence. So, so they wrote, he said they wrote letters and emails and called and attended meetings. We must do something about this. Well, how come you don't bitch about that, McDonough, if it's Black Lives Matter having a loud organization and demanding something? What's, the, what's McDonough's first name again? Jim. Jim. All right. I don't know him. He's been around a long time. Look him up, Rook. I'm, I'm trying to do that right now. M-C-Big-D-O-N-O-U-G-H. <laughs> you suppose... Big, uh, big D, Rook. You're giving... Uh, okay. Joe, do you, do you suppose old Big D knows the, uh, knows the demographics of every single one of those letter writers? I mean, that's quite the assumption to uh, say that 
all of those letters come from a place of white privilege, isn't it? But but listen to, I don't know enough about him to know how entrenched he is in the salon. I'm I'm going to make the assumption that he must have a real world job. Uh, Commissioner McDonough was born and raised on the east side of St. Paul. Continues to live there today. Lifelong resident. Does it say how old he is? Um, it does not say here. He served as uh, chair of the board of uh, commissioners from 14 to 16. I'm trying to see if he's been working in the uh, in his tenure. No, his he and his wife Carol have four children and are the proud grandparents of six children. But I'm trying to see where he came from. It doesn't say private sector. I'll keep looking. Well, well I, I need to point out something else uh, about his quote about r- white privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim's white. That's a whole nother long conversation about white privilege and things that you uh, have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of. How do and I have the privilege your- of white privilege? David, by virtue of being a white male, you have white privilege. Uh, Ariva, <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but you should have been better prepped. I'm black. God, I love that soundbite it's just so wonderful. much. It's just wonderful. Let's. I don't want to dwell on McDonough. He's a fool. Uh, he's he's silly. He's he's so pathetically trying to signal virtue here that he could. It, it, he has condemned the government process. He has condemned people, and like Kenny said, he's made the assumption that every single person who wrote, emailed, or telephoned was white. We don't know that. And he has condemned the very process that we are all encouraged to do. Those people push back. Now, it took a golf course to get them to push back. I wish they'd push back about other stuff, but they push back, and they they gained a temporary delay. They have another season of golf, and he's calling that the influence of white privilege. And it's because not only what we're... He and his, uh, his comrades called out, and they, were, you know, they, they didn't have an answer. And so they automatically go to that card, the white well, privilege six, card. Six, well, six of the seven commissioners uh, voted to delay. They saw the merits, and these people have spoken. They, they obviously are uncomfortable with the disappearance of the golf course right. at this time. We're going to delay that to September 12th. Not this moron. But I guess what I was trying to say is he didn't get his way. Right. And and th- then that's his comeback because it's so pathetically weak. I feel I feel if you I feel if you did a dug deeper rook, you'd find out more about him. He's been around a long time. <clears throat> yeah, I'm still looking. Yeah. He's there are several different But man, he saw that opening to be woke and oh, he yeah. just jumped at it. Hey, listen to what I got to say about this. White privilege. That should be foghornable because it no longer means anything. It's like racism. All right. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It's being tossed around so casually, so right. whimsically, right. and so arbitrarily, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Now you wrote a letter to the government saying you'd like to keep a golf course, that's white privilege. It no longer means anything. I'd also like to know what affordable housing is, as in, I, I know what it is, you don't have to explain affordable housing to me. I want to know what rent is, because affordable it's always sold uh, to us as affordable housing, and then we find out it's $1,800 a month or up, mm-hmm. you know, which is not affordable housing. Mm-hmm. When I can buy a house and have payments at a grand a month, uh, your $1,800 a month apartment is not affordable housing. That's Does right. he mean it's going to be um, paid for by the partially paid for by the government? What's that sure. kind of housing called? of course called? it does. Section, uh, section, section 8. Section 8. 
Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, we heard from uh, Stacy, the GL geologist. Uh, New Zealand really got rocked. Well, 8.1. And there was a tsunami warning that has since been withdrawn. Greece has also experienced several earthquakes up to a 6.3. Iceland is rumbling. There have been more than 18,000 earthquakes in the last week. Earthquakes are common in Iceland. Uh, it's located at the intersection of two tectonic plates. But this may be signaling something larger coming up. And that's from our own in-house geologist on staff, Stacy. Mother's really, really rumbling. And yesterday, uh, I'm just doing this now to give us all a break from the, from the uh, darkness. Yeah. <clears throat> Yesterday, I was marveling at the sound of those airplanes flying overhead. Yeah. And I was reminded of uh, the 747 when it used to have its day, uh, weekend flight to Tokyo. You could almost reach up and touch it. And I get a note from Keith Olson in Terry, Montana. Uh, Dear Mayor and City Council of Garage Logic, I think it was early on in the Thursday uh, podcast yesterday when the mayor made a comment of how it looked like he could use a wedge and reach up and touch 747s as they took off over a golf course. Most of what he describes is due to just the sheer size of a Boeing 747. I spent most of my career working on the classic KC-135 series of aircraft. The wingspan of a 135 is 130 feet 10 inches. The length is 136 feet 3 inches, and it can carry about 204,000 pounds of fuel, or roughly 30,000 gallons of jet fuel. I'll just leave the math out of this email. Right. Oh, and that includes the fuel in the body tanks, where cargo and luggage would be stored if it was used as a traditional airliner, and in the wing tanks. Conversely, the 747 has a wingspan of 195 feet 8 inches and a length of 231 feet 10 inches. The 747 can carry roughly 370,000 pounds of fuel or roughly 55,000 gallons in just the normal airline wing tanks. I gave you the stats on the size of the two jets to illustrate how even someone accustomed to seeing a jet in the air almost every day I worked uh, for for 15 years was thrown by the sheer size of 747s. Yeah. My last duty station was at McConnell Air Force Base, Kansas, just outside of Wichita. Boeing has a military division that shared the two runways with McConnell Air Force Base, and multiple times a year, one of the 747s in the presidential fleet would come into town for some work. If I saw it far out on its final approach, it would take forever for it to land, and conversely, if I didn't notice it until it was closer to the end of the runway, I would automatically think it was lined up to land on the parking ramp instead of the near runway. There was just an optical illusion based on my experience of relatively small airplanes that I worked on. I hope this helps. Cheers, Keith in Terry, Montana. Well, what he wants me to know is that, that it was perfectly natural for me to have those thoughts about 747s based on just the sheer magnitude of them. Having been in the press pool for one of W's appearances in uh, out in Minnetonka or whatever it was, being on the tarmac and seeing that thing at Air Force One approach, it was amazing. I've seen 747s come and go, but seeing that big one was just, uh, you just sat there in awe, number one, that that thing can get off the ground, but it was I've, just I've cool. flown in 747s dozens of times. They're out of commission now. They're, they've been replaced. But I flew, in them, I flew in them routinely. 
All right. Okay. I took a I took a red eye from God, where was it Vegas, Vegas to Miami, uh, and I was the only person in a business class. It was and it was a forty seven. It was the biggest plane I've ever been on. And uh, me and I'm not going to tell you the airline because me and the flight uh, attendant crew got blasted in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was the coolest, <laughs> funnest flight I have ever been on. And I was used to flying MD-80s, which are, you know, that's like one step up from a DC-3. <laughs> and that was the funnest flight I've ever had. How Name you the doing, hon? Name the airline. It was Airline uh, no, City, no. right? Airline City. Airline City, or it's at no, the Airline because Cafe? Value Jet. Value Jet. I'm, I might have a, a close relative still working there, so gotcha. I'm not not gonna do it. But, all I'm uh, picturing Kenny is Soul Plane with Snoop Dogg and all those. That's all I'm picturing cheap right air. there. Cheap air. <laughs> I walk into that thing at about midnight, and I'm the only one up front. And I mean, up front is huge. Yeah, you and might man, as well be in a church. Party. Yes. And we just partied the whole way to Miami. Awesome. Let's return as we must to less fun things. Let's return to 38th in Chicago. For small businesses at 38th in Chicago, the struggle to survive is ongoing. Businesses in that area weren't looted or burned, but after the intersection was shut down, many of them had to close. What our properties at 38th in Chicago have experienced is having been left out on the vine to die, said Mike Stebnitz, who owns a building at 38th in Chicago. We're forgotten, we have fallen through the cracks. Stebnitz fully supports a permanent memorial to Floyd and respects the demonstrators that remain, but he says the ongoing closure has impacted his business. In 2010, he took six businesses and four apartments that had been vacant since 1990, renovated them, and invested everything into making his building successful again. By 2019, we had a flourishing building with all the retail spaces filled and all the residential spaces filled, said Stebnitz. Everyone had been, everything had been renovated. Solar on the roof, the whole deal. It was great. <laughs> After the intersection shut down and traffic stopped coming through, five of the six retail businesses he housed and two apartments became empty. It's been like that now for 10 months. The building and tenants weren't part of a big business. They were all of Stebnitz's business. His spouse works, but the income at the building was supposed to help them raise their foster son. Bottom line, he feels like his small business and many others have simply been forgotten. We didn't have any physical damage, so we're not able to collect insurance in the same way, said Stebnitz. We're not able to take advantage of the city, the county, and the federal grant programs. Uh, Stebnitz says he has not given up hope and remains optimistic. The mayor's office told Fox 9 that revenue is down and money from the federal government that could help is minimal. Stebnitz says he's at least looking for someone to help him and others find an avenue to flourish once again. I've, uh, it's the city I've loved for 25 years, and I never thought I'd have to question whether the city was my ally, he said. Well, pal, uh, pull the wool over. Pull the wool off your eyes. Of course, the city is not your ally for exactly the reasons we've been talking about. Do you think the city council members have any concern whatsoever about a small business at 38th in Chicago? No, they've proven they no. don't. No, They've perfectly proven that what they care about is that they identify with the unelected who occupy that now and control it. What the hell with the guy was trying to make a dollar? Hell with him. We're here to support the protesters. 
Joe, what was their quote, their advice for business owners? It was either this week or last week. Check your uh, insurance, you're on your own. Yeah, and higher security. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Truly amazing, isn't it, people? We, with each passing podcast, we, we come into a bit of a sharper focus of what's happened to the political mm. class, uh, who, who occupies it and why. And uh, I think C.S. Lewis says it very well. They're tormenting us, for, tormenting us for our own good. And we, don't, we didn't seek that. That's not why we have a political class. But that's, why, that's what they think they should be doing. The guy who renovated six stores and built some apartments, the hell with him. Yeah, right. We don't care about him. He doesn't, ma- he doesn't matter. And it's almost become celebrity status that that's that's the gain here that's the that's the end game here with these people it's your line of they want to be important rather than useful can i just get something off my chest i've been holding this in ever since i read the piece i think it was last week or the week before they're also tossing around the city council that is they're tossing around the idea of uh, rent control Mm -hmm. and guys like this the story you just read about this guy Small business owner doesn't have a ton of money. You know what rent control is going to do to him? Put it's going to put him out of business. Mm-hmm. His the rent he's earning isn't making him a millionaire. It's allowing him to get by day to day, month to month. And like you said, he's throwing money back into the into the business and into the the units. You know. Well, anyway, it's worse than you. that in St. Paul. Mitra Jalali, <laughs> who is a, herself a renter and seems to be very focused on, on the people in St. Paul who rent. She doesn't give a damn about homeowners and Matt Groveland, but she cares about renters. And she's she's trying to get it so a, a landlord has no power at all. Yeah. <laughs> None. Yeah, they, they assume that landowners and building owners are these millionaires yeah. living on the Gold Coast that never even bother flying into the Midwest to check on their property. And what is that? I, I wish I had a percentage so I could tell you how often that's true, but um, it's not that way, folks. Most of them are guys with a carpenter's pencil in their ear right. and, they, uh, yes. and their bib overalls, and they're going someplace to fix another broken screen. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yep. Man, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I need a I need a water break. You oh, do. I do. Okay. Is, does somebody want to do something here? Yeah, why don't I tell you about our friends from Harmony Spirits? Okay. It's Friday, and after a couple of days of news from the podcast. You're going behind the clock? You really You're going to go behind the clock? Yes. That's you where do. you keep the good stuff. You do. And uh, thank you, by the way, to those of you that are participating in the, where'd you, where'd you spot your Harmony bottle on social media, by the way? A couple cool suggestions. Oh, yeah. And uh, also, if you want that uh, Manhattan recipe, that I talked about yesterday with Jim. I will post that on my Twitter account, too, because I got a couple of people that emailed that wanted it, so I sent it off to them as well. But Handcrafted Spirits made right here in our own backyard in Harmony, Minnesota. Uh, Also, that tasting room is going to be open all weekend long with glorious weather forecasted over the next couple of days. Stop in, say hi to the fellas. What? What's so funny, Olson? Do you have Suge turned down? Because I think he's printing Yeah, I I pulled him down a little bit. He's printing out how to uh, follow Harmony Spirits 
tickets on social media <laughs> right. and get that Manhattan recipe. But He's please continue to go into your local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name. That is how they are really expanding their brand. And we want to thank each and every single one of you GLers that has done so. More news from the Printmaster coming up next in Garage Logic. Hey, uh, GLers, uh, question for you: Any any snow left in that yard of yours? Uh, yes. Okay. This kind con- uh, and it's Kenny here, and this conversation is going to be kind of about having a luscious yard, thick and happy, free of weeds, dandelions, and other offensive issues. But face it, what this is really about is outdoing your neighbors and making yourself look like the king of the block with a little help from ProfessionalTurf.com. If you want the best lawn on the block all season long, you really need to hook up with a Minnesota-grown lawn care company that for, well, for the last 40 years has been the leader in granting bragging rights to GLers that know that dandelions, mystery weeds, bare spots, blight, completely unacceptable. Stop the presses. Yes, Stop sir. Go. the presses. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. am a full paying pro turf customer. And last year yeah. we had some drought. Yeah. I have a sprinkler system, so I water my lawn. But pro turf, I looked around last year. Every other lawn was brown and had the yeah. crummy weeds. Mine yes. was weed yes. free and was yes. luscious green. Yes. I am not being paid by Pro Turf, but I would highly recommend everybody use it because it works and you'll have the best lawn on the block. And, and that's so true, Rook. And that was the case uh, for my place in South Minneapolis. All I had to do was water and mow. And Pro Turf did the rest. Even if I saw a one weed cropping up in the middle of June, I'd. You're not long for life, fella. You're going to be gone within a matter of of weeks. You got to get to that website. And you know what? Rook brought up a good point. Uh, If you have an irrigation service, uh, system, excuse me. These guys, professionalturf.com, they'll service that thing for you. They'll put it into service, take it out of service in the fall. And if you want uh, one thrown in, they can do that too. It's our one stop website for exceptional lo- uh, landscape and irrigation service. And of course, the best lawn on the block. It's professionalturf.com. If your furnace or boiler isn't keeping up with the cold weather, call Bonfi. They have regular hours from 7 in the morning to 10 at night, and they answer the phone 24-7. If your heating system needs to be replaced, Bonfi can install a new one for you, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. You'll never have to worry about staying warm again. When you tell the folks at Bonfi you heard about them on the Roycey Show, you'll save $200 off a new installation. For all your heating needs, better call Bonfi. Patrick. Oh. Yes, Chuck. Welcome. Are you <laughs> Are you at the ballpark, Pat? No, I did not go to the game. I'm finishing something. I was up in Northport on Tuesday, and that's once in a week enough for that trip. So it's not that bad, but by the standards of this spring training, where they're doing nothing but reach the closest games, Northport is the longest drive. $140 million for that new complex for the Braves up there. Spring training. Oof. They spent some money building explain, these ballparks for these explain, teams. Explain to us why you contacted me in, in search of a priest. 
Okay, I'm writing a column on uh, Stan Steuter, uh, who runs the golf repair shop on 43rd and Bryant. And he's, he's the last of the old independents that's right, that's, uh, that's still doing this stuff. He gets ship clubs from all over, and he's, uh, you know, he's a magician, and, uh, I'm fixing golf clubs, and, and, uh, so he studied to be a priest, right? Okay. And then he uh, he went through a place down in Nebraska, and then he went through the place at St. Thomas, St. John somebody, Vianney or something. I yeah, yeah. you're guy. on the right track. I never, I never heard of that guy. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I wanted to to have a joke down near the end of he now worships at the altar of St. Such and Such from... Yeah from the patron saint of mechanics or uh, something like that. And as it turned out, after all that work and actually talking to a priest and getting four good suggestions, it, I did, it didn't work. So I'm oh. not going to be able to use the... Uh, but it, it looks like a guy... I might have been able to use Saint... What the hell's his name here? Is it okay? I don't know if you okay could say to, that word. Is it okay to say what the hell is this thing's name? Is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's St. Eligius. He's the saint of mechanics. Well, I didn't know that. Uh, well, then we were thinking, then the, the Rook, uh, I mean, Rook gave me the name of a priest, too. He gave me a couple of good ones. And he, he suggested St. Jude because he's the saint of lost options. St. Raymond somebody, no, no Matthias or something. He's a, anyway, there were some good suggestions, but then it turned out it didn't work. Anyway, so. yeah. I should have decided, I should have waited till I knew if it was going to work or not, and then try to track down the scene. So, yeah. Anyway, it didn't work. But, Pat, uh, the, uh, the you know benching. What? You know, I got to say this. Though. Okay. <laughs> a thousand years ago. Yep. When these guys at the Vatican are getting together. The priest and I talk, rookie, what's the name of the guy you put me on? Uh, uh, Father Nels Jengdahl, a big fan of Garage great, Logic. Great guy, great guy. But I was saying, wouldn't it have been great to be there a thousand years ago and d- divvy up who was going to be the patron saint of what? Yeah. And, you know, and this poor guy over here, he gets stuck with, like, water or something, you know. Like, water and toothpicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Patron saint of electricity. Right. Don't worry, we haven't invented it yet. We'll worry about that later. <laughs> the patron saint of vice, you know, or some damn thing, you know. I mean, it's rodents. You're the patron saint of rodents. I don't want rodents. For God's mm-hmm. sake. I don't want that. <laughs> serpents. Why do, I serpents? Get, guy, why do I get rodents? I always get all the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, who got serpents? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I would, that would have to be a hell of a beating, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm sure it was, yeah. Who got what? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the patron saint of hockey, I wonder? Looking I it up. No, I don't know. What do you think? Did they overreact on Zach or not? No, uh, I think it was uh, 
a, a sea change for the entire franchise. I think it was, uh, I think it was wonderful move to make. It, it's uh, and Garen had to be involved, didn't he? He yes. had to be yes. involved. Yeah, Garen. My theory was that they were trying to make him mad enough to uh, to accept the trade, except then everybody's telling me, hey, he's 36 years old, he's not playing that well, nobody's taking him. So the, they tried to trade him last year, and he turned him down. But, uh, but uh, the... Uh, it, it quite clearly, Pat, it quite clearly said to the likes of Parisi and Suter, this is not your team. And that argument could have been made in prior years that obviously, given what they were getting paid, this was to be their team. Well, that's not true anymore. That just That's gone. Yes, but let me say this. July 12th, I mean July 4th, 2012, these guys have long since paid off their contracts. Oh, yeah. Because this franchise was going in the toilet. They had just had... They had just won seven of their last 52 games in uh, 2011-12. People had stopped coming, and when you stop coming, you stop buying season tickets. I got people in that office telling me they were getting bailouts left and right. They were going to go down to 12, maybe 11, 12,000 season tickets. They signed those two guys. They had two non-sellouts when they came back from the lockout, and then they sold out for basically five years. So those guys guys paid off their contracts. It's not like this is some big burden that didn't accomplish anything. It will become, Judd and I were talking about this, it's the greatest free agency day any franchise in Minnesota has ever had. Mm -hmm. Because they got the two best free agents on the market on the same day. You know, now right. it hasn't turned into but, a cop, and then their time is. But now, when you sign guys to thirteen years contracts, this is what you get at the end of them, and you know right. that when you sign them. So, right, anyway. right. Well, and but, and the season ticket push will be now promoted by the commie. Basically, I can't so, wait to so, see him. What are they going to do with these two hoople heads for the rest of the season? Because they're. They're being skated around. I mean, it, it's sad to watch him out there. Is Suter not playing well either? He's been okay. He's been okay. Slow. He's been okay. Slow. It shows. His, yeah. It shows. His, his age is showing. Well, I uh, I I have not uh, you know studied it real closely down here in Florida. But Pat, here's an analogy. I don't know if it's accurate or not. Suter and Parisi are Tiger Woods. Uh, surrounded by a thousand Colin Marikawas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tiger before he damn near killed himself. Right. I mean, the right. way he was playing before. Right. right. Before he uh, before he did what he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. But who else? I mean, Fiala is a player. Do they now the the Rus- the Ruski's a star. And Fiala is a good player. Are they? Is there a whole core of these guys? Now, yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, there is. Patrick, the whole team is. It's just they're skating wonderful. They're gelling. I mean, it's a really fast game they're playing. They're overwhelming. Uh, their shots on goal alone is amazing. What's going to be interesting too is when this uh, then this next expansion draft happens. I doubt that they'll protect either Suter or Parisi when that comes. Yeah, so uh, they, but they get. But they—that's oh hell no! They won't protect either of them. 
but I got news for him. Nobody's going to take him either. Right. So don't worry about that. I feel awful talking like this about these two guys because I love them, but, you know, maybe it's time. Well, you realize at the beginning of the year, neither of them were made captain. They're, they're yeah. alternate captains. No. That was they, an accident. That wasn't an accident. No, I know that. Apparently, they are known to not be that good in the room. Well, they're they're uh, hard-headed fellas. They're, mm-hmm. uh, they're they be, well, in baseball. They used to call them clubhouse lawyers. Yeah, you know yeah. The, the guy that uh, the guy that if he had a chance to stir something up, he would. You know, and uh, you know that's. Uh, uh, so they were, you know, I don't think they've ever been the, the boy, uh, you know, he's the guy that everybody wants to embrace, but, uh, I don't know. Sooner certainly given their buddies worth. He's what he got, was it last year? He got hurt last time he got, he got hurt once, I think, yeah. but, uh, he played 28 minutes a game, 82 times a year for a right. long time. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. That's, that's, yeah. No, I'm, I, I tend to get down on the two, and I'm glad you put that into context. They uh, they did save the franchise when they were signed. And, yeah, uh, I, mean, it, 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 I mean, the honeymoon was finally over. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the longest honeymoon in Minnesota sports that any team has ever had. The North Stars honeymoon wasn't that long by the early 70s. By the early 70s, mid-70s, everybody was mad at them, right? Right, Nobody was right. Nobody games. Right. And uh, the the Timberwolves that honeymoon lasted three years, maybe, which is probably more than they deserved. But uh, anyway, I see Garnett went after Glenn Taylor again, huh? Yep, he sure did. Well, let's see now. Glenn play, paid him a hundred and twenty-six, which was the most ever, and then he gave him a new one that was closer to two hundred, and and then. Garnett gave seventy million of that to some idiot friend of his who lost it for him, and uh, and he wanted to buy the franchise, but he didn't have money and he didn't have a group. But outside of that, I think all his complaints are justified. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the fact that he's been informed that his offer. Is not he's no longer being considered, and Taylor's response was, he hasn't made an offer. That's he's right. Associated, he's, That's associated, right. He's, associated, he's associated with no group that we've heard from. That's right. We've heard from ten groups. Yep. You know, I liked him a lot as a young player. He had this kind of this, I wouldn't say yippee. He, he had his anger and ego were kind of funny, you know, because yep. it was over the top, and it was almost – with a, you know, almost with a twinkle in his eye, to, to, to overstate it. But I don't know what happened to him, man. He just turned into that 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 fun anger turned into just rage, and the uh, ego turned into a complete thin-skinned egomania. So I, I don't know what happened to him, but uh, I, I think at one point though. Just to tell LeBron, it's, uh, he'd made more money than anybody in the history of the NBA. So, anyway. this new coach uh, has not yet appeared to be the answer to anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it took him until Game Five to say these guys suck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did. He, he lasted until Game Five. It was all you know, <laughs> and then they 
laid down like dogs the other yeah. night. And he's, he's, uh, he finally blasted them a little bit. Well, that's what I love. The, co- the comment from him after their uh, latest uh, blowout loss to the Charlotte Hornets. And he said, that's it. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Here we go. Now, now we're going to lay down the law. Here we huh, go. <laughs> you know, the, one of our basketball teams won their last game on February 14th that has lost nine in a row. Yeah. The other won their last game on February 11th and has lost six in a row. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Gophers have accomplished this by playing the 12th, 13th, and 14th place teams in the in the Big Ten. Wow. And now they, and they have now traded places with Penn State, so they are the 12th place team in the Big Ten. They've not only lost six straight, they've lost them against much. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. I figured out his uh, road record, which is just spectacular. Uh, in the Big Ten, he's 14 and 61 wow. on the road. <laughs> 188. That's worse than Burt Blyleven's batting average. And, <laughs> and, but here's the other thing. In eight years here, you know how many non-conference road games they played? Eight oh. that were pure road games. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, how many of them were because of the uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge where they're required? Well, damn near all of them, I think. Yeah. Five of them. Five of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he managed to be rotten during what was basically the golden age of Minnesota high school basketball. We yeah. had more guys recruited nationally than we've ever had. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it should have, it would have been over last year. I got a story I got to tell, even though I said, what a, what a transition. But I got to tell it. Okay. Yeah. They got a neighbor. Potatoes have a neighboring Dinah who shall go nameless. Who now? What now? And the potatoes have a neighbor. Okay. Dinah. Yep. Who shall go nameless? And the eight, the kid. He's got a son. I don't know, eight or something. Supposed to be a cute, great little kid. And the kid's over playing at the neighbors. And the kid, and the, the neighbor says, "Hey, the game's on." The Gophers. This was a year ago, playing at Nebraska. He said, the game's on. Do you want to watch it, Billy, or whatever his name is? He says, no, I don't want to watch it. My dad says if we lose today, we're going to have to move. (laughs) 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 In other words, I mean, he would have been called last year, not for the pandemic, probably. uh, And then this year, hell, they won those three games at home, and it looked like... Look like he might, you know, hang around, and they throw another extension at him. But then he just went and tank. Patrick, uh, on Monday, yes. on Monday, give us your annual spring forecast as to the Twins' starting lineup. Do it on Monday Sports Talk. All right, we'll give you. I've that. got okay. I've got one thing here before we let him go, Patrick. How many people are allowed in the ballpark down there? And uh, what's what's capacity? Uh, about eight, eight. But but then, Kenny, they put more in. Like they let them stand around, and they really don't have a capacity. Almost ten seating. It's about eight, though. But I watched they, they yesterday's. Yeah, yeah, yesterday's game. It was just. It was sad. Mm-hmm. Well, what's really sad is we talked about the other day. 
It's when you're watching the game and they decide to leave the field. Yeah. Uh, the way that the Twins had their first walk-off. <laughs> they they give up eight runs. They don't have an out yet, okay? And then somebody strikes out, and there's a couple of guys on base, and they leave. Pat, uh, I know you and it's Kenny wow. will love this. I know you and Kenny will love oh. this, but our buddy that runs Super 70 Sports he weighed yeah. in on his thoughts of the uh, the twenty pitch limit or whatever whatever it's called. Oh, and I it, saw that. I'd love to read it on the show, but I'd lose but my job. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think that I think someday our podcast world will be able to not use all of the words, but just just you know a little more, a little more, a little something for the effort. The language. A little, yeah. little more formality in the language, yes. Saint right. Sebastian, patron saint of hockey and athletes. Oh boy! Really? Oh, oh really? really? Saint uh-huh. Sebastian. Okay. Yeah. I don't Did know. You if know it's... that Saint Raphael <laughs> was an arch archangel. Yes, I did know that. Well, how do we know them? those those guys are fictitious, right? No, I think you can get you can get the arch. I mean, you can get an arch. No, you got to be in full it. favor. They're angels, they're angels. So they weren't actually on Earth then. Oh, that part I don't know. I think a saint's got to be on Earth. I don't. I don't go for this archangel. That's a different category. They should oh boy! Be. Oh boy! Thank oh. God my mother's not alive. Oh, Royce. I would just oh. wonder if, if there's a. Oh, I'm just expressing a personal opinion. I know. Yeah. I know you are. Yeah. yeah. I want to know if there is a, a patron saint of a uh, quick trip to the bathroom because sometimes I'm really praying hard. <laughs> no, but here's the deal. I want to be able. If there's a saint, I want to be able to. Him or her. I want him to see him. I don't want him to be some mythical creature up there. All right, All right hold on, really quick. Very good. I found yeah. it. I found it. I'll try to self-edit, Pat. Okay. On March first, Super Seventy Sports tweeted the following: What the bleep is with all of this BS new spring training rule where the manager can just end the bleeping inning if they're bleeping bleeping 4.80 ERA pitcher throws 20 pitches, our society is going to bleep, man. <laughs> That's the racy stat. H-S-R-I-S-P. Yep. Horse bleep runners left in scoring position. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Goodbye. We'll see All you right. later. See you later. <laughs> say, say, <laughs> he wants archangels in a different category. Yep. That, I got to see uh, him. That's his mythical. Let's get to the ceremony. Hey, come on here, Michael. I got a, a sports guy coming up here soon. <laughs> the new production facility is grinding out the bratwurst at Grunhofer's oh. Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. That new facility is now open. There's even more product to choose from. The warm weather is signaling grilling season. We all know that. Last Saturday, they had their busiest Saturday rook since Christmas. Seriously? Yes. What's well, grilling season? Well, not only that, but you got your uh, three meatloafs. You got your meatloaf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then you got mm-hmm. your town ball meatloaf with a little bacon and cheese. Yeah. Then you got your Minnesota meatloaf with uh, wild rice and mushrooms. And uh, the big conversation this week, Rook, has been any of the Grunhofer's meatloafs are great for stuffed peppers. I'd like your take on that. Uh, yes, I am put uh, onions and peppers Stuffed peppers are fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. If you have a, have a, I've just made them, or my wife made them a couple weeks ago. Stuffed peppers, when you cut off the top, you gut them, and you put all sorts of good stuff in them, including anything from Grunhofer's Meats. You bake them in the oven, and they come out fantastic. Mm-hmm. Eat, can you grill them? Can you grill them? Uh, you could. I haven't tried it yet. Could uh, you stuff a pepper with a brat? Uh, no, I think you want kind of loose. You want loose meat. You want maybe either some turkey, some uh, chicken, some Thawed like, meatloaf. Thawed, meatloaf. Okay, you could put meatloaf. meatloaf. Yeah, you yeah. could do that. Yeah, but you but it's going to cook, so you want to make sure. Because well, I'm going to bust out my smoker from Fratelloni's this weekend. Could I do that? Could I do stuffed peppers on the smoker? I'm Why sure not give it a try? That. Why sure not give it a try? That. I want Ooh, a full report. And that reminds fire. me, the other last night I made a turkey burger, and it was on the grill. A great recipe that my wife had. I bet you could call Grunhoffers and say, can you get me ground turkey for making turkey burgers that are healthier than regular beef? I bet they'll do it. Well, not only that, but I was saying yesterday... Uh, let's say you have some questions about uh, stuffing a pepper with meatloaf. Yes, they're gonna they're gonna lay it all out for they, in a piece of paper already. if you want. In yeah. their head, they do it yeah. in their sleep at Grunhoffers. Plus, that new spinach, bacon, and mozzarella brat is a huge hit. Uh, the weekend's here. Yeah, that means Grunhoffers time is here. And don't forget to uh, maybe you want to start thinking about getting your uh, Easter ham reserved. Either Ooh. buy it now or figure out what how Grunhoffers wants to do that for you. But uh, you'll never have a better Easter ham than a ham from. Uh, Grunhoffers. It's Grunhoffers. It's at the north end of Hugel on Highway 61. We're waiting. All right. Scramble time, bro? Yes. Why not? Hey, Green Dot, it's a party time. Finally. Thank God today is Friday. TGT. Stop it, Matthew. God. You are four years old. Reavers, stop laughing at him. Stop it. I'm Chris Farley now. Oh, oh my word. Kenny, what do you got? Do I, I've got to do something here, don't I? Hold do on. It, Let me get my dirty old seafoam hat ready. Yeah, it is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, and thankfully seafoam is just as available as a, as a tank of gas. It's everywhere from gas stations, hardware, auto shops to big box stores. It's Friday, so that means we're going to find another winner here in our Seafoam Works Stories contest. Uh, so send your story, your favorite uh, Seafoam Works story to kolson at garagelogic.com. Uh, make sure you put seafoam in the, in the, uh, in the subject line. The subject line? Yep. Yeah. Because we've got a new filter uh, that just gets rid of my emails. So I need to know before I click on that email that this is a seafoam story and it's safe and it's not some virus or something. Anyway, uh, kolsongaragelogic.com. And all you have to do is a quick story about how it saved your life. Your name goes in my greasy seafoam hat, and on Fridays we pick a winner. So let's do it right now. Let's do Why it. Do he I is, put it above my it's head. It's well above his short what, little alligator arms. What good does putting it above your head do? I don't know. Uh, oh, number 19. This one just came in this week. Yep. Uh, 19er. Matthew, hey, I'm 19. not even looking. I'm not even looking, Matthew. You know, tell, I'm going to tell you something, rookie. Yep. Uh, you're getting away with too much because I'm not on the TV screen. I can't see what you're doing. Please do not come back into the studio. <laughs> More he's playing with some green dot, and he's driving everybody crazy. Did you see what I just sent you via the... Um, yes. The, okay, good. 
there's a spot on his camera or something. And oh, God. The second he noticed it, which was about an hour and a half ago, he's been distracted Would all day. I'd like to see my green eye. Uh, number 19, 19 is actually from our buddy Bob, and I read his uh, email earlier in the week. He's the one with the 24-year-old Echo uh, leaf blower, and it's still running strong thanks to Seafoam, so I won't bore you with reading that again. But, uh, Bob, you're going to be getting what a... What kind uh, of a uh, uh, Echo. machine was that? Echo, Echo. blower. Echo. So, Bob, I'm going to be uh, getting a hold of you shortly, and you're going to receive some cool uh, product and swag. Meanwhile, GLers, send your Seafoam Works story to kolson at garagelogic.com. It's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It is the best. It's Seafoam. You, you never should have even graduated, Rook. <laughs> <laughs> you should never even have been considered a diploma. As Mr. Horiza said, if the other guys wouldn't apply, if those guys would have applied themselves, I would have done better in high school. That's right. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great backhanded non-compliment. Yeah. Oh I got a great God. note from a teacher. It's a rare of hope, a math teacher uh, in Hudson. Below, I have linked you to a piece about cosmic warming. Huge news, according to the article. Today, the universe is 10 times warmer than it was 10 billion years ago. Back then, the average temperature of deep space was around 360,000 degrees Fahrenheit. How in the hell do they know that? Now it's roughly 3.6 million degrees Fahrenheit. After reading the article, there's only one thing to do. We need to sell cosmic carbon credits. If this is not a billion-dollar idea, I have no idea what it is. P.S. I've also included a copy of the front of Science News, a magazine my classroom gets. I find the subheading most interesting. You mean to tell me we can protect the Earth from the sun? And it says solar storms, scientists trump up efforts to protect Earth from what the sun throws at us. Yeah, God uh, bless it. I, I can just, tell what's going on. Hey, Joe, what? for $1 million, ask Rookie to repeat what you just said. <laughs> you are a... <laughs> what are you doing, Rook? Uh, I'm looking up St. Christopher. Why? Joe? Patron what? saint of... Uh, Green dots. <laughs> I I'm gonna steal that idea because Reavers and I were gonna do the the carbon credit thing. Yeah. But that actually requires work. Yeah, We'd have to go there. out there and plant a GD tree or do something. Yeah. The cosmic sure. carbon credit. Yeah. We don't have to do Jack Squat. No. Reavers. Bigger yeah. picture. Let's do this. All right. I'm writing a bigger down. picture. Yeah. Let's get a website set up and start counting money. Come on, man. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> what do you do now? Nothing. I'm, I'm, just, I'm engaged in the show. I'm just naturally funny, I No, guess. you're not. The, you're uh, not engaged. Joe, you're, just to let you in, the, the Green Dot has made um, various appearances on uh, Rookie's body. We've got to get rid of this thing. <laughs> You want to know what other books should be canned for kids as long as we're getting rid of Dr. Seuss? Uh, Please tell me. Let me guess yeah. what's next. Uh, Shell Silverstein's The Giving Tree because uh, it was a white tree. Well, Horton, here's a who. Oh. No. Oh. Uh, that Seuss book hasn't been canceled yet, but it needs to be. The book claims a person is a person, no matter how small, showing that Seuss hates women's rights and wants to control their bodies. Oh, my goodness. Chicka, chicka, boom, boom. Uh, uh, will there be enough room? Yep, I got that one. Prominently features the letter Q. I, I have no idea what that means. Yes. 
Every Berenstain Bears book. That's a fun. Yeah, just on. Well, they perpetuate the idea of a nuclear family with traditional values, so you can't have that. Well, they're they're just downright. You know what? They're so irritating. They remind me of Rookie's family, kind of. They just all like each other and there's, get along. There's a book out there called The Night Before Thanksgiving, and it's it, it's read as you were reading the night before Christmas. And these kids go to the farm on Thanksgiving, and the, the farmer is showing them all the things about the farm and then the turkey, and then he brings out the axe to get the turkey. And the kids bring on the bus, they, they hide all the turkeys in their coats and bring them back to school so farmer fathead doesn't have any turkeys to kill. It's, it's very cute. I bet they'll ban that because of violence. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory teaches kids there should be consequences for bad behavior without even considering the child's race, ethnicity, or history of being oppressed. These are from the Babylon Bee. They're not that funny. Uh, was that the big, was the Oompa, were the Oompa Loompas the one that had the big parties? I don't uh, know the Oompa Loompas. I, I, I don't, don't know. Yeah, them. well, they were the workers. No, 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 no. Uh, there's what, Wizard of Oz. I sure as hell read every Berenstain Bears book. Oh, who didn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. I, I still read them just to myself. I, I, I happen to enjoy I, them. Seriously, couldn't stand them. Maybe we should come up with our own list of books that need to be banned. How about Babar? Do you remember the Babar books? Yeah. I thought that was a Seuss thing. Crazy. No, that's an elephant. Yeah, he's uh, an elephant. That also featured in, uh, in the movie Fletch. Well, Vic and his uh, pal Genie. Uh, live in a house divided. Okay. And he said, Tonight my girlfriend and I did a critical analysis of the Dr. Seuss controversy. Now you must know I live in a house divided, so we both approached this from our respective points of view. First we started by looking at the publication dates of the books, which is a very critical point in the analysis of Dr. Seuss's books. The doctor published from 1931 through 1977. With that knowledge, we look back at the pictures inside the supposedly offensive books. Our next thoughts were about the source materials readily available to Dr. Seuss. Uh, These would have included magazines and books like National Geographic, Life Magazine, encyclopedias. These illustrations, uh, I can't take this anymore, end the show. What are you talking about? We're listening. No, the, the whole damn thing's been so disrupted with you and your bleeping dot. I'm not doing yeah. anything right now. I was well, listening. Who's laughing? Kenny. Nobody's about laughing. About what? Nothing. We're listening, listening to, to the letter. And I'm, I I'm, think you're becoming paranoid. Yeah, I think. Uh, are, you, are you getting out? I think I okay? am, too. Well, <laughs> you know what? There. You're going to feel a little, print something out. You'll feel a little bit better. <laughs> they, uh. They, they, uh, <laughs> God, oh it'll make you feel Honest better. God. Print something out. It'll make you feel better. All right. Let me get something. Okay. Here. We yeah. got it. Wait. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Such, and uh, this didn't occur to me, and this might not be the case, but I determined whenever it was that uh, what we were we doing? Oh, Potato Head. And I decided that this was brilliant marketing. Is this, in fact, also brilliant marketing? Because nobody was really calling for this, were they? The, the the company, the publishers themselves, the, the owners of the Seuss name decided to do this on their own. So is this brilliant marketing or is this uh, over being, being... I don't know. What I've completely this? lost interest. Kenny, wait a minute. Kenny no, has a really no good point No idea whatsoever. No, uh, seriously, Kenny, you do have a good point because when, last week when you did say that, uh, this must be a new form of marketing where they're recalling. Uh, we're going to have to have a name for this, where it's not even on the, the table, 
but somebody's forcing this out so it gets all this new Mr. Potato Head well, publicity. It started with uh, what the celebrity? Because uh, is it head headdressing? Is that the term that we use? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 What'd you print out? He's you're done with us, aren't you? What'd you print out? I tried. I mean, this is. I think you had a good point, Kenny. I thought this was a legitimate thought, and I've been waiting for you to bring it up so I could spring it on you. I'm sorry that you've given up on your own podcast I feel and you like refuse to take part in a serious discussion. For the first time today, you know, I'm engaged in this podcast right now, and you guys want to end it. Yeah, but you missed it. Kenny, we discussed that the other day. Seuss is the second wealthiest dead celebrity that's, in the world. That's, that's why I think my theory is flawed. Because we, and, why would they do that? Well, his people that that protect his copyright, they're just trying to stay ahead of the curve and keep making their money. So they're going to bow to the woke. Yeah, before the woke even bring it up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then they'll probably just come out with new current books like uh, Blue Fish, Red Fish, White Dot, Green Dot. Tim Bloom okay. has my scooter. He took it in the fall to tune it up and do some work on it and then store it for me over the winter. Lucky. Man, I wish I had it back. It's going to be 60 Sunday, and I can start doing my errands. I can start doing my errands on my scooter. And EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, they sell those little gas-powered scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure. you got to plot your route out carefully. You can't take them on the freeway and all that. But they're fun, and they get, you know, 100 miles to the gallon. 75 miles to the gallon. <clears throat> Not to mention the Bentelli e-bikes, the full line of Yamaha products, the kids' recreational equipment, including youth ATVs and youth snowmobiles, helmets, apparel, great service department. Uh, right now, preseason sale going on with the bikes and scooters. And if you don't want to bring it home today or tomorrow, when it's going to be beautiful, they will store it for you until full spring arrives. They'll take care of it for you and keep it indoors. So you don't have to worry if you show up in a car that doesn't uh, hold a bike or a scooter and you got to return where you can borrow your neighbor's pickup truck or whatever you need to bring it home. Either that or they might deliver it for you in the spring. But the point is, you can shop now. You don't have to bring it home now. They'll take care of it for you. And there's great preseason uh, sale prices on now. All the Bentelli products and the e-bikes and the scooters. It's at EcoFun Motorsports. It's where else? It's on Highway 61, right in downtown Forest Lake. Uh, Joe, really quick before we wrap things up. Yeah. Um, we have a phone call. Uh, hey, Gil? Hey, oh, Joe no. there. Joe. Yes, Gil. You there? Yes. Hey, you come by to pick me up for a scooter ride? <laughs> you give me a buck? <laughs> you want a buck, Joe? Yeah, uh, I can't. I, 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 I then you go to the candy store and get a buck. I want to rewind the clock 24 hours. It's a form of currency, too, a buck. Yeah, yeah, my right, teenage yeah. daughter, I got a, I got a daughter. She's, I live life with the, my teenage daughter. She thinks I'm too nosy. Yeah. At least that's what she keeps writing in her diary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh Please, at him. Uh, Let's stop. Don't uh, laugh. Do not... Just one more, one more time. I know it's just a scrap of Friday. Two paramedics, 
they loaded the accident victim into the, the, the when they got the ambulance, right? Yeah. You know, the ambulance with the big truck? Right. Uh, I, I don't understand what happened, uh, the patient said. I know. I had the right away. Yeah, you did, replied one of the paramedics. But the other driver had the 18-wheeler. No. Uh, I no. lost. No, you lost me on there. Hey, Gil, before we cut you off and uh, hopefully change our phone number, could you what? do me just one favor? Could you say for me there's going to be fines and suspensions? Could you just say that one phrase for me? There are, hey, there's going to be fines and suspensions like this. Say it again. You broke up. There's going to be fines and suspensions. Yeah. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. What happened today? What what happened? Why do I say this? I don't know. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, rest, Goodbye, Gil. Guy, Goodbye, right? GLers. What was his name? Uh, Marty O'Neill. Yeah, he was right there on the red. See you later. All right. <laughs> thank you, you Gil. A man told his two brothers he wanted to be buried at sea along the coast of Maine, rather than in the church cemetery, Joe. The brothers both dropped him trying to dig the grave. <laughs> That one wasn't bad to end on, I don't think. Will you hang up the phone? All right, Gil, I, 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 I got to let you go, Gil, before I lose my job. But uh, GLers, I'd like to let you know about our friends over at PodMN. And you will have the opportunity to win a Garage Logic t-shirt just by listening to us. If we still have a show after today, via PodMN. And also, please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Gil called back. Are you... Joe, Joe, are you getting your second shot today? Yes. So you're going to be back in studio on Monday, right? Our we'll free, see. Our freedoms are going to be taken away. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to come in here and crack the whip. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> you're going to be getting away with this anymore. Gil? Uh, Gil, stay home. You look sick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Have a good weekend, y'all. Yeah. All right.